this, having lived with him, and Ted uh, also valid, could validate it in two seconds that because he lives with him. Uh, so Rinpoche is a true manifestation of the Dharma, and we can witness that, and it's very rare, and we should all rejoice. Uh, my name's Jeff. I'm the translator. Rinpoche is going to continue his commentary on Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. Uh, uh, which is a commentary on Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment and a summary of all of Buddha's teachings. Uh, we have just in the beginning section of the text right now, uh, and Rinpoche always goes over in a quick way an overview of all of the sections before uh, that lead up to the current place. So if you're new, it, you know, it doesn't really matter, you won't be lost. Uh, we're, the book is translated into English in a three-volume series. We're currently in the first volume. It's in Snow Lion Publications. And uh, so before the teaching begins, we have some introductory prayers. Turn to the prayer book. Uh, about eight pages from the back. You'll find a tabbed-off yellow section that says Prayers for Teachings. Uh, and on the other side of it, there'll be the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Uh, so uh, we begin with the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. We read that in, it, in its entirety in English uh, with the uh, title as well and the Sanskrit mantra in the center. So we just read it in the way that it is. And then on the next page we have Tibetan transliteration as well as English translation. We read just the Tibetan transliteration down the left column, including the Sanskrit transliteration that you find in the center. The only thing that we do differently is it says 21 times next to the uh, lion face deity mantra. We only do that mantra uh, as many times to ourselves silently uh, as Rinpoche does to himself. So we just do that quietly to ourselves. And then the outer mandala offering we do in English as well as Tibetan, including the Sanskrit mantra and its translation at the bottom. Uh, and then the prayer of refuge in Bodhicitta is led by Rinpoche, and that's done three times in the Tibetan transliteration. The teaching will begin. It will go on for uh, an hour and a half or so, uh, and there may or may not be time for question and answer. Uh, uh, and uh, however we end the class, uh, we do concluding prayers uh, to dedicate the merit that we've created by listening to these teachings uh, uh, so that it goes to become a cause for our enlightenment. So uh, we do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer uh, in English only. Uh, we do the Samantabhadra dedication in English, long life prayer for His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and long life prayer for Rinpoche, all only in English, and that's how we'll end the class. Uh, so uh, that'll be the order um, of prayers. Uh, for today, and uh, so why don't we get started? Uh, we start the seven pages from the back. We're going to basically just go through the prayers uh, in that order, uh, beginning with that yellow page, the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent. Uh, I just explained the format, uh, so just if you follow along, welcome uh, to the Chenrezig Tibetan Buddhist Center. Thank you for coming. So we'll begin with the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. One second. The Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent, the great gathering of the Sangha of monks. How should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way 
seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind, consciousness, datu. No ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awakened to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Deyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva, Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva, Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita, just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, Asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. Gazamara, <laughs> Thus, 
The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. Hmm. Nagi, 
Jalanjo Tanga then and Chungundina ตนจุตองวะตุสุกตุสุเนจิบุชุงมุนดีวะตุจิบุทามะตันดีตองชุงมุเซะตุวะตุมารเบะเตเนวะเรตาตุบะตะตะรอตุบะเตจิบุชุ
so again, we will be uh, again uh, going over uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. Uh, this text is a commentary on Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, and it begins with an outline of four categories. Uh, first category being the greatness of the teacher, the second category, the greatness of the teaching, 
third category, the great way to listen to and explain the teachings, and then the fourth category of how to lead students in the actual instructions. Uh, we have completed the first three categories, so now we're currently in the section called how to lead students in the actual instructions. Uh, and in that section, uh, we have uh, two um, categories. The first category is how to rely upon the teacher, who is the root of the path. Uh, and then the second category is uh, want, how to, once, have, once one has relied upon the teacher, to engage in the stages of the path. Uh, so uh, in that section, so we've completed the section on how to rely upon the teacher that uh, is the root of the path. Uh, and then the next section is uh, what, what to do once one has relied on the teacher. And we're currently in that section. And on, in that section, there's two categories. Uh, the first is an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Um, and, uh, um, uh, so, and in that section, there's three categories. So under the major heading of uh, what, uh, how to engage in the stages uh, once uh, one has uh, trained one's mind, I'll give you the exact title. It's the stages of how the students train their minds after they have relied on the teacher. Uh, so uh, in that uh, first one, the section called the exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, there are three categories. First is the identification of leisure and opportunity, and it's two categories, identification of leisure and opportunity. Opportunity have five outer opportunities and five inner opportunities. Uh, and then the second section, uh, dealing with the uh, difficulty uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the great importance of a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and then the last section is the difficulty of obtaining a life of leisure and opportunity. So we've gone through um, all of those sections. Uh, and then the next is uh, um, uh, how uh, the next section uh, under that category, after the exhortation to take full advantage of leisure and opportunity, is how to actually take advantage. Uh, uh, of that life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, so now uh, we're in that section of how to actually take uh, advantage um, of the life of leisure and, and opportunity. Uh, so in that section, we have found that there are six points uh, that are made uh, um, uh, um, in, uh, about how, how to actually take advantage, uh, in that section on how to take advantage of that life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and it begins with uh, uh, understanding that all the teachings uh, are, uh, uh, I'll give you the exact, hold on, let me find it here. So, how to t uh, so under the how to take advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity, there are two more categories. Uh, so, uh, and this is the section we're currently in. So, uh, I'm just going to turn the, the book to that section now. It's on page 129 in the English. Uh, all the other sections I just quoted are all, you find them exactly in the order presented in the text just given. Uh, so, in this section, uh, we find uh, the, the main heading of how to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, the two subheadings, how to develop a certain knowledge of a general presentation of the path, and the actual way to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Um, so the, that heading, the, how to de develop certain knowledge of a general presentation of the path, has two categories. The first is how all scriptures are included within the paths of three types of persons. 
Uh, and the second category is why students are led in the stages using the three the stages and the three types of persons. Uh, so the first category, which is how all scriptures are included within the pass of three types of persons, has those six points that I mentioned before that we're currently dealing with. Uh, so if we look at them uh, uh, backwards, <laughs> starting with the sixth point, uh, which we were uh, talking about when we last left off, uh, that point shows that the, the different... Uh, uh, teachings that are uh, for persons of small capacity and those shared in common. Teachings for medium capacity, those shared in common. Uh, great capacity and those in common. So showing what the word common uh, in those cases uh, is referring to and why that term shared in common is used, which I'll uh, get into uh, a little bit in a moment. Uh, and then number f the fifth point dealt with uh, where these instructions came from. Uh, and then the, it identifies the different uh, 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 texts where we find uh, these, uh, uh, these, these teachings by um, uh, um, Lord Asanga uh, and Basu Bandhu and so forth. Uh, so we find the source material in Buddha for this information. And then number four, fourth point deals directly with the person of great capacity, the teaching uh, for beings of great capacity and specifics around that, and deals with the Mahayana. Uh, and in that section, when we're dealing with the, the, the Mahayana, there are two categories. Uh, there is the uh, um, causal perfection vehicle uh, and the resultant tantric vehicle. Uh, so within the Mahayana, the great vehicle, uh, which is the, the pathway which leads to Buddhahood, which categorically is under the teachings for beings of great capacity, uh, there are these two categories. The uh, causal perfection vehicle is that which causes the resultant uh, tantric vehicle or secret Vajra vehicle. Uh, so it's independence upon the causal perfection vehicle that the tantric vehicle arises. So it, it is caused by sutra or the perfection vehicle. Um, so that's why it's called the resultant vehicle uh, in this case because it is caused by uh, the perfection vehicle. It relies upon the perfection vehicle in order for it to be produced. Uh, so in the, uh, the perfection vehicle, it stated that method and wisdom are done separately. Uh, method according to the, perfection, the causal perfection vehicle is bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, great compassion, uh, uh, and then a practice of the six perfections. Uh, so this becomes the uh, uh, um, practice of method according to the causal perfection vehicle, and then wisdom uh, being a, a meditation upon a wisdom, the nature of reality or emptiness. Uh, in the resultant uh, tantric vehicle, or the <laughs> resultant secret Vajra vehicle, uh, we find that it is stated that s one can simultaneously practice method and wisdom uh, at the s one time, at the same time. Uh, so according to that, uh, when one is doing deity yoga, the meditation upon the deity itself uh, um, is the method, uh, and the emptiness that the deity arises from and is uh, residing in is the wisdom. So one is simultaneously at one time meditating upon method and wisdom uh, uh, while doing the deity yoga uh, in the resultant secret Vajra vehicle. Uh, so this relies upon uh, the uh, 
causal perfection vehicle in order uh, to be practiced where method and wisdom are separate. Uh, now, uh, then the, the fourth point deals, uh, and so in this text, there's a quote uh, about those persons are called superior who sincerely want to extinguish all sufferings of others by understanding their own suffering. Uh, so bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment becomes the door into this uh, Mahayana, into the great vehicle. Uh, and then this quote, since the guru, the Buddha said, depend upon the perfection and mantra vehicles and attain enlightenment, I will write about the meaning of this here. This is the causal perfection vehicle and the resultant secret mantra vehicle that are being uh, spoken of. Uh, but that great vehicle relies upon the uh, teachings for beings of medium capacity, and that's why that word is sometimes common is used, the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. Uh, because in order to generate the mind that aspires to enlightenment, or bodhicitta, in the uh, uh, great, ve great vehicle, it's necessary to develop renunciation, the desire to definitely emerge. One wishes to emerge from the suffering of suffering, the suffering of change, the pervasive compounded suffering, the suffering of birth, the suffering of aging, the suffering of sickness, the suffering of death. So one has the desire to emerge from all of these types of suffering. Uh, and then once one desires to get out from one's own side of these things, then one can focus on other suffering and develop compassion and wish to get them out. So one first has to uh, understand his or her own suffering and wish to get out of it. So then the teachings that are for, for beings of great capacity rely upon these teachings for beings of medium capacity in order to arise uh, because one first has to generate that renunciation within that scope of me the medium scope or medium capacity in order to then later generate bodhicitta uh, in the teachings for beings of great capacity. Uh, so, um, in the, uh, in, and, and the, um, the resultant uh, secret vajra vehicle or secret uh, mantra vehicle, we find the word mantra, uh, and this was the last thing. Uh, uh, the word man uh, is, in Sanskrit, uh, stands for mind, and tra uh, stands for protector. Uh, so mind protection or mind protector, uh, protecting one from the suffering of cyclic existence. Uh, so uh, this is the etymology of that word, uh, mantra, uh, if we were trying to just uh, look at what that word itself uh, means. And I believe that's all the material <laughs> Rinpoche said. Diesel. Diesel. ในมาบานนั้นก็เพียวเลยซาจีที่เพียวเลยแต่สุสุกุนเนี่ยกูรู้มาดูเพียวเลยจีจีสิจิงกันแล้วอันนี้ซาจีที่ตาจีจีนร
so when we are doing uh, deity yoga, for instance, and we're meditating on uh, Chen Rezig, uh, for instance, uh, when we're meditating, we are uh, getting rid of the ordinary appearances and imagining that we ourselves are meditating as Chen Rezig in the abiding uh, in the pure land of Chen Rezig at that time. Uh, and the reason for this is for us to kick uh, create a connection in a continuum so that in the future we will have the experience of the pure land uh, of Chen Rezig and uh, be able to uh, actualize uh, these realizations in an actual pure land. So where you imagine ourselves uh, to create this connection later. We imagine ourselves now to create this connection for later. And we do this meditation coupled with the meditation upon emptiness, and this is how we do have this simultaneous uh, um, union. Sanjay So the in Tantra there are three uh, points that I'm going to have trouble with this. I just bear bear with me. 
Uh, this is not information that I've heard before. Um, uh, so, and there are three uh, specific points. And the first is that the, uh, all the beings have Buddha potential. If this Buddha potential wasn't present, then it wouldn't be possible to engage in the various practices. But because Buddha uh, potential uh, uh, is there, Buddha nature is there, we can engage in the various pathways, we can engage in the uh, uh, com uh, generation stages, we can engage in the completion stages, we can engage in the yoga uh, and with uh, and without signs, the, the various uh, forms of yogas. Uh, and uh, so we have this potential because of the Buddha uh, nature that we possess. So it makes it possible to have these achievements. Uh, it makes it possible to achieve uh, Buddhahood according to the uh, resultant Tantra vehicle and the causal perfection vehicle. It allows us to be able to have the potential to achieve nirvana or liberation, the potential to uh, achieve the higher uh, realm uh, uh, rebirth. Then a Rimache, the Sanjay Depo, then Tambo Nangla. Nipa, got it. Tambo Nipa, Okay, okay. So the Buddha, the result of which is Buddha, is the same result whether it is caused by the uh, causal perfection vehicle or the resultant tantric secret vajra vehicle or secret mantra vehicle. Uh, so the Buddha, which is actualized, is the same Buddha. Uh, so this Buddha potential that one has uh, can be actualized uh, in either of those, and it's the same Buddha, it's the same actualization. Uh, and, and one gets rid of the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience, uh, then one actualizes uh, this uh, uh, Buddha, uh, and it's the same uh, no matter how it is one gets there. And it's possible, this potential exists because of uh, the Buddha potential or Buddha nature. Mm So the fifth point deals with the source. Uh, we're just going to go right on into where we were. Uh, the fifth point deals with uh, the source uh, uh, material. So then it talks of Arya Sangha and Basubandhu and says that there are many scriptures that uh, deal with uh, these three types of persons, uh, the, the teachings for uh, three types of persons. Uh, and then uh, the sixth point that's made 
uh, deals with the divisions uh, uh, of small capacity. It says, indeed, there are two types, those who are intent on this lifetime and those who are intent on future lifetimes. Uh, however, uh, here I am speaking of the latter, whom I will identify as those who engage in the unmistaken method for attaining high status. So here, uh, this is uh, referring to uh, the two different types of small scope practitioners. If we were to uh, look at just the small scope practitioner, the first type being uh, the one who is focused on the life, this lifetime, and the other that is only focused on future lifetimes. Uh, and it says that the, uh, the, that is the one that is the unmistaken method uh, for attaining high step uh, status, the second, the f one uh, for future lifetimes. so the person uh, for uh, the person of small capacity uh, that we're speaking of, where it says, uh, um, whom I will identify as those who engage in the unmistaken method for attaining high status, or those who engage in the method which leads to high status, to the higher realms, by engaging in uh, going for refuge to the three jewels of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, engaging in ethical discipline which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities, and if one has engaged in negativity, acknowledging that downfall or acknowledging that uh, mistake uh, so this is the method, the pathway, which uh, is for those who are uh, um, uh, looking towards future lifetimes uh, that Lama Tsongkhapa here is identifying. Uh, so, um, uh, yes. So that's uh, all of the six categories. Uh, we're we're going to move on from those six. Lanji <laughs> Jebusun 
So now we're in the section uh, um, uh, how uh, to develop certain knowledge of the presentation of the path. The first section is how all scriptures are included uh, within the paths of three types of persons. We've gone over that. Uh, and now we're on this in the section of why students are led in stages using the trainings of three types of persons. Uh, so there are two. <laughs> Uh -huh. uh, so uh, now in this section, uh, let me figure out where I, I left off. Uh, we have the uh, this why students are led in stages using uh, the trainings of three types of persons. Uh, so the, the, that section 
uh, has two categories, the purpose of leading students by means of the paths of three types of persons, uh, and why one guides students through such stages, so the purpose. Uh, the first category, the purpose of leading students by means of the paths of three types of persons, has three points uh, uh, that are, are going to be made. Uh, the first point uh, uh, deals with uh, um, uh, um, the fact that in Ashva Gosha's uh, uh, text, uh, Lopum Powell, who uh, was per previously called Meti Dayan, uh, and he was a non-Buddhist practitioner and engaged in a great debate with Aryadeva, uh, and Aryadeva defeated him, uh, and he converted to Buddhism and became a great scholar uh, of the Middle Way philosophy. So Ashvagosha, uh, Lopum Powell, uh, became a great scholar of uh, the of the Middle Way philosophy, um, and uh, uh, we find uh, um, his a similar presentation uh, um, in in this text about the the uh, stages of the path and how they're like uh, st uh, stairs that one goes up. Uh, the teachings for beings of small capacity and common with small capacity and common with medium capacity and then the teachings for great capacity, how they're like a genza, like stairs. <coughs> so we find a quote from Ashvagosha that says that these uh, stages are like this. Uh, and then in the second part, uh, in a quote from The Heart of the Middle Way by Baba Vega, uh, we find also a similar presentation for the teachings for beings of small capacity, uh, uh, medium capacity, uh, and great capacity, and how the teachings for beings of great capacity uh, depend upon uh, the, the um, other uh, uh, um, medium uh, and small, the teachings for beings of great capacity depend on the medium and small capacity teachings. So Baba Vega uh, makes a similar point and then we find in this section a debate uh, about why is it necessary to go through these stages. Why can't one just start right at the Mahayana? Why can't one just immediately start there? Uh, so these are the three sections that we find uh, in here uh, under this category of the purpose of leading students by means of three paths of three types of persons. Uh, and we find, uh, again, those quotes uh, the, uh, are proofs by Ashvagosha. Uh, Baba Vega, and then the debate. Oh, Jita, Matita, Matita, Takun Kebashi, Kebashi, Shibi, Okay. <laughs> Na 
Anyway, so uh, the uh, uh, um, he became Ashvagosha, and so the way that this happened was is that he had debated uh, all of the uh, um, uh, non-Buddhist practitioners. This, uh, and he was a great master, and he was able to defeat everyone. Uh, so he went to his mother. Uh, and said, there's no one who can defeat me. And she said, well, to finalize that proof, go to Nalanda Monastery, where all the great debaters are, uh, to find out if this is so. Uh, so uh, he went to Nalanda Monastery and began to debate. Uh, and none of the uh, monks that were currently there were able to defeat his uh, logic. Uh, he, they were having trouble with defeating him. Uh, so he made a grand proposal that if there was a great debate staged uh, and he was able to defeat the person in debate, uh, that he would uh, wish that all of the monks at Nalanda Monastery would convert to non-Buddhist tradition. Uh, and that if he were defeated, he would convert to Buddhism. Uh, so they didn't know what to do. Uh, so they sat down, they had a council, they had a, uh, and they had a, a group get together and have a meeting, uh, and they decided to write a letter uh, to Nagarjuna. Uh, and they composed this letter uh, in a carrier pigeon or a, a, a bird, a carrier bird, carried this letter uh, to uh, Nagarjuna. Nagarjuna read the letter. Uh, and, and read of what was happening to Nalanda Monastery and did not want to go to this debate. Uh, he did, he, for whatever reason, he, didn't, he, did, he said that he didn't want to go. Arya Deva was there at the time, and Arya Deva said that no problem, you don't have to go. I will go and I will take, take care of this. I can debate. Uh, so Arya Deva <coughs> then went to Nalanda Monastery. This great debate was held, uh, and Arya Deva defeated uh, um, Meti Dayan, uh, and then he converted to Buddhism. Uh, and became a great scholar 
uh, of the Middle Way philosophy, one of, among the great scholars of the, the highest, the Middle Way uh, consequence school, the highest uh, philosophy in Buddhism. Uh, so uh, this is how the story of uh, Metidayan goes uh, um, and how he can, was converted to Buddhism uh, by this great debate with Arya Deva. so there was a prophecy that spoke of Basubandhu who is like going to become like the second Buddha who he actually recited uh, all of the baskets every single day the sutra basket, the vinaya basket and the abhidharma basket uh, and in that same prophecy it speaks of Lopumbau uh, uh, Ashvagosha uh, coming as well uh, and uh, becoming a great scholar or of uh, great importance. Uh, so it's in it's in this prophecy uh, that we find of the Buddha. What that Jebuson 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 ま、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、
ในดูมาจุยาลาเดดากุยจุตาจิบิชิบิชิบิชิบิลาจิเรบาตะเกจิบิชุมิลาทุมอดิงกลาซามะญาเลจิกรีจิบิชุมิยินายามะกิจุบ
for refuge and to engage in the ethics which abandons the ten non-virtues uh, and acknowledge his or her downfalls. If there wasn't an, an abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, uh, the bodhisattva would go to hell. Uh, so that's why it's necessary to, in, for all these beings to uh, engage in these practices. So uh, this is why it says they're like stages or they're like stairs, uh, and they are included uh, within the, the, the stages for a being of great capacity because they are also necessary for that practitioner uh, to practice. So then, <coughs> in the cultivation of the conventional spirit of enlightenment, Ashvagosha says, uh, being harmless, truthful, and chaste, not stealing, and giving away your possessions. These are deeds that give rise to happy rebirths. So this is similar to the teachings for beings of small capacity, uh, those stages of the path that lead to the higher realms. Once you have seen the suffering of cyclic existence, you cultivate the true path to abandon it, and you eliminate the two misdeeds. These are the deeds that give rise to peace. So this is similar to the teachings uh, for beings of medium capacity, uh, those paths that lead to liberation. And then a person of great capacity should practice all of these. Uh, the, they are the branches of the path of the supreme determination to be free. The knowledge that all phenomena are emptiness creates the stream of compassion for all beings. Limitless deeds of skill and means, skillful means, are the activity of the supreme determination to be free. Uh, so here, this person of great capacity, referring to the person of great capacity, and showing here how those other teachings are branches. They're like stairs that lead up to, uh, um, um, it can be translated as branches or stages or stairs that lead to uh, the great capacity teachings. Uh, ね、ご主人の教授の言葉で、ディバラシャドンカン、シャドンチェアオテンマルベ。タンテンのご主人も聞いてるのね、タ。そうじょぼんびちゅうてん、ジュンぼんびちゅうてん。あのね、マジンレ
Okay, so um, if we, one thing from before, if we didn't have a commentary, it would be very hard to understand what these words mean. Uh, so uh, um, if we're going through uh, this first stanza in the cultivation of conventional spirit of enlightenment, it says, being harmless, truthful, and chast, not stealing and giving away all your possessions. These are the deeds that give rise to uh, happy rebirths. So here, uh, this is very similar to uh, in the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, uh, the teaching uh, for being of small capacity, where it says, Know to be least those persons who diligently strive to attain solely the joys of cyclic existence by any means for their welfare uh, alone. So it says, These are the deeds that give rise to happy rebirths. Uh, so happy rebirths, happy births within cyclic existence. Um, so we find uh, it very similar to uh, Atisha's pronouncement. Um, so here, being harmless, this word harm uh, uh, in the Tibetan, the word is, uh, isn't as clear that it's just harm. Um, but it's a, it's, one is abandoning killing, for instance. This is abandoning hurting something or abandoning harming something. So here, uh, if we're looking at this in terms of the uh, ten non-virtues, uh, because in the teachings for beings of small capacity, which are the pathways which lead to the higher realms, we find the practices of ethics abandoning the ten non-virtuous activities, uh, going for refuge to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and then acknowledging one's downfalls. Uh, so here, uh, the ethics were the abandonment of the ten non-virtues. If we look at the four root virtues, or four uh, um, root yeah, four root virtues or four uh, root abandonments. Uh, it would be abandoning killing, uh, abandoning stealing, abandoning sexual misconduct, uh, uh, and abandoning lying. Uh, so here uh, it says being harmless, which non-harming would be not killing, uh, being truthful, not lying, uh, telling the truth, uh, and chast, uh, here not uh, engaging in sexual misconduct, uh, and not uh, chaste or chast. To, I'm not even personally, I don't know what that word means. So, um, uh, <coughs> not stealing. Uh, so, here, these are the four. And then we can assume the other six among the ten non virtues are implied with, within that. Uh, uh, so, that uh, we find it, uh, very similar or in common with uh, the teachings for beings of small capacity found in Atisha's uh, lamp. So it's similar to the idea that uh, if we look at the act of killing, engaging in the act of killing has various degrees, and those degrees give rise to uh, 
different degrees of experience or levels of experience. The greatest degree of non-virtue gives rise to hell, the medium degree of non-virtue, hungry ghosts, and a small degree of non-virtue to the animal realm. Likewise, the abandonment of non-virtue, which is the ethics, which is the abandonment of non-virtue, is similar. If one has the greatest degree of abandonment, then it gives rise to the uh, God's realm, a medium degree of uh, um, virtue or ethics that gives rise to uh, rebirth in the demigods and a small degree gives rise to rebirth in the human realm. So this is how we see the connection between our actions, uh, our behaviors, and the experiences that they create uh, and how they connect to this uh, um, stanza that speaks of uh, giving rise, these types of actions giving rise to happy rebirths. So if you know of the uh, ten virtues and the ten non-virtues, or the, 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 uh, then in understanding that, uh, then you understand this. The words are different a little bit. Uh, in the Tibetan, they're much, they're, they're different than the words that are used specifically for the ten non-virtues, just a translator's note. Uh, um, so they're a little different, uh, but uh, the meaning is, is similar, is the, is the same. So this giving away your possessions uh, would be giving away the possessions of the abandonments. Uh, so giving away, uh, abandoning, killing, abandoning. Uh, so abandoning the four root uh, of killing, stealing, uh, sexual misconduct, uh, and lying, and the sixth uh, secondary of the, among the non-virtuous activities. Uh, so here, giving away possessions, uh, we could say, is speaking of giving away those abandonments. Uh, and then it says, these are deeds. So these actions, which are those actions that give away the abandonments, are what give rise to uh, happy rebirth. So Rinpoche was saying, literally, giving away killing, uh, abandoning killing, giving it away. So the Bodhisattva has to engage in the practice of these uh, ten, uh, um, uh, uh, ten ethics with the abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities. Because if he or she didn't, if they didn't abandon the, the four root and the six secondary, then they would go to the lower realms. What 
so it says uh, so engaging in the abandonment of these negativities uh, gives rise to happy rebirths yes because it is the pathway which gives rise to them so is the pathway this these uh, ethics are the pathways which give rise or the deeds are the pathways which give rise to happy rebirths Okay. So the second stanza here we find uh, is referring to the teachings for beings of medium capacity. Those stages of the path that lead to nirvana or uh, um, liberation. 
So it says, once you have seen the suffering of cyclic existence, you cultivate the path to abandon it, and you uh, eliminate the two misdeeds. These are the, de the deeds that give rise to peace. Uh, let's see, I'm going to frame this. Uh, so at, at the turning of the wheel of Dharma, the Four Noble Truths, we find statements that are made. This is the superior truth of suffering. This is the superior truth of origin. This is the superior truth of path. This is the superior truth of uh, cessation. Then the Buddha stated that suffering is to be understood, uh, origin to be abandoned, uh, cessation achieved or realized, and path to be relied upon. So here it says, once you have seen the suffering of cyclic existence. Here, seeing the suffering of cyclic existence is referring to understanding the nature of what suffering is. Understanding the various divisions of suffering, the eight types of suffering, the six types of suffering, the three types of suffering. Uh, suffering such as the suffering of suffering, the suffering of change, pervasive compounded suffering, suffering of birth, the suffering of aging, the suffering of sickness, the suffering of death. So understanding what suffering is, understanding the nature of suffering, defining suffering and understanding it well. So one first has to do that. So it says once you've done that, uh, once one has understood uh, the nature of suffering, which are all these different types of suffering. So here, suffering, the first noble truth, the superior truth of suffering. Uh, um, uh, um, so it says suffering is to be understood. It says once you have seen the suffering of cyclic existence, you cultivate the true path to abandon it. Uh, so the true path, uh, referring to the path uh, the superior truth of path which allows one to abandon suffering. And then it says, and you eliminate uh, the two misdeeds, the, the eliminate, you uh, eliminate those, the word misdeeds is used here, I'm not sure about that as a translation, but uh, this word misdeed, the, the word that uh, is being translated as misdeed uh, has two different categories, those common types of actions uh, which are uh, negative uh, and those uh, uh, uncommon. For instance, uh, or, ordinary householders and monks and nuns have different sets of common and uncommon uh, um, ethics that they abide by. Uh, for instance, the householder and the monk and nun engage in the ethics which abandons killing and stealing and so forth. But there's other uncommon vows that ordained uh, persons have, such as not cutting trees and so forth, that are not considered misdeeds for a householder uh, because the, the, it's not an ethics of a householder in, in that sense. So that's one example of others. <laughs> Uh, that are uncommon. Uh, so, but here, what this is really speaking of when it's speaking of eliminating the two misdeeds, uh, um, the two real uh, uh, elimination, things to be eliminated, are the two categories of origin. Uh, karma, that is origin, and afflictions, that are origin. So within that, uh, um, uh, um, those words, which are explained as I just did, the implicit meaning is referring to those two types uh, of those two origins uh, uh, that are to be abandoned. Uh, origin is to be abandoned, uh, karma that is origin, uh, and suffering, uh, I'm sorry, and uh, afflictions uh, that are origin. Uh, so this is what is to be eliminated. Uh, and then it says, these are the deeds that give rise to peace. Here the word peace is referring to liberation uh, or nirvana. Uh, so uh, the superior uh, truth of uh, um, cessation, uh, where it's stated cessation is to be achieved, path is to be relied upon. Uh, and here, 
the cultivation of the true path is the three highest higher trainings. So by uh, understanding suffering, uh, one uh, 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 understands suffering, cultivates a path that eliminates the two uh, origin, negative negativities that are origin, uh, karma that is origin and afflictions that are origin in order to give rise to nirvana or liberation. Uh, so this is how uh, the second stanza is interpreted and refers to the teachings for beings of medium capacity which are the stages of the path that lead to nirvana. Diesel. <laughs> And what the not the bomb of Ruba Gumbayina? And then the Nundere, the Zigitable Lelnundere, New Moon Nundere, doing a bomb with Tabba, Tabba and Rutus. What the what the Langons is, what the Longue? So, so first we recognize what suffering is. We understand the nature of it. We define it. And then when we define what suffering is, we're act able to recognize that we wish to abandon it. We desire to definitely emerge from that suffering that we then understand. And then we develop that desire to emerge, which is called renunciation. Uh, and then once we have renunciation and wish to emerge uh, from a suffering, it's necessary to abandon that which causes it, that which is the origin of that suffering. Uh, and in this case, it is karma that is origin and afflictions that are origin. Uh, in order to get rid of the karma that is origin and the afflictions that are origin, it's necessary to apply an opponent or an antidote to the karma and the afflictions that are origin. And at the root of the karma and the afflictions, uh, we find the grasping at true establishment. Uh, so the pathway that leads one, uh, here it says cultivate the path to abandon it, that leads one uh, to be free of suffering, that leads one, uh, allows one to abandon the origin uh, and achieve cessation uh, is the path which recognizes the lack of true establishment uh, of phenomena. In the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find many negations. There's no eye, there's no ear, uh, there's no tongue. Here, uh, these uh, negations are referring to the lack, negating the true establishment of these objects. It is the grasping at an eye as being truly established that is the root uh, of uh, um, suffering. It is the root of the karma and the afflictions. And by abandoning it, by realizing the non-mistaken view that recognizes the lack of true establishment of phenomena, uh, one is able to get rid of the cause, uh, abandon the origin, uh, get rid of the cause, uh, which is the origin, uh, uh, and then achieve a state of cessation uh, through reliance on uh, that pathway, which is uh, a pathway of truth.
So, believing that a rope in a dark room is a snake is a mistaken view that gives rise to fear, fear of the snake. But the non-mistaken view that recognizes it as a rope is what serves as an opponent or an antidote to the mistaken view that sees it as a snake, and then that non-mistaken view gets rid of the fear that's created by the mistaken view. Likewise, that which is cre that which the mistaken view of the grasping at true establishment cre create uh, 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 creates is abandoned. Uh, um, by the non-mistaken view that understands the lack of true establishment of phenomenon. So the grasping at true establishment creates the karma and the afflictions that are origin. The understanding that things are not truly established serves as an antidote or an opponent to that, and that's how one abandons that which uh, the mistaken view creates. <laughs> Okay. Yes. So here, one real has the different wisdoms realizing emptiness. One begins with the wisdom realizing emptiness that comes from hearing. Uh, the wisdom about emptiness that comes from uh, contemplation and the wisdom uh, understanding emptiness that comes from meditation. So these various levels of wisdom uh, arise uh, uh, relative uh, to emptiness. Uh, and then this becomes the pathway which allows one to eliminate or abandon the karma and the afflictions that uh, are origin. Uh, and then here it says these give deeds give rise to peace uh, here, peace is referring to liberation because if it is a pathway to peace, uh, it is necessarily a pathway to liberation because liberation and peace are mean the same thing. Uh, so it is necessarily a pathway. Uh, it says these deeds give rise to, these deeds are pathways to uh, nirvana or peace. What the Tabi Dinga, 
So then that was the teaching for beings of medium capacity, the pathway which leads to liberation uh, or nirvana. Now, the person of great capacity relies upon these teachings, and that's why it's compared uh, to stairs. Uh, so the person of great capacity relies upon these three highest higher trainings, recognizes that the grasping uh, at true establishment is a mistaken view and is the cause of suffering. Uh, and in uh, um, Chandrakirti's Madhyamika Avatara, it states that suffering is a fault of the afflictions, which is uh, caused by this uh, wrong, wrong view or the, a mistaken view. Uh, this grasping at true establishment. So uh, one uh, then, in order to become a person of great capacity, first recognizes uh, this, recognizes that he or she wishes to get out of cyclic existence from him or her, his or her own side. Uh, and then once this determination to get out or this desire to definitely emerge arises from his or her own side, uh, then he or she can look towards others and generate compassion for them and wish for them to uh, emerge as well. So here it says a person of great capacity should practice all these, uh, referring to all of the uh, previous uh, practices just mentioned. Uh, they are branches of the path of the supreme determination to be, be free. So they are the stairs to, uh, uh, the stairs uh, on the pathway to the supreme goal of complete Buddhahood. Uh, so the knowledge that all phenomena are emptiness creates the stream of compassion for all beings. So the, the knowledge that all phenomena are not truly established uh, that we find in this, this prior investigation 
um, and recognizing that the, uh, um, all of the suffering is caused by the afflictions that are caused by a mistaken view uh, coming from that basis uh, and recognizing that the non-mistaken view and then recognizing the desire to emerge and turning that towards others uh, and developing, it says, creates this stream of great compassion for all beings. So recognizing the lack of true establishment, recognizing emptiness and the desire to emerge emerge and then that emptiness coupled with that desire to emerge turns towards others and it says creates the stream of compassion for beings limitless deeds of skill and means are the activity of the supreme determination to be free so here this is speaking of the great vehicle or the uh, uh, teachings for beings of great capacity <laughs> Tosha so it says, therefore, in this instance, teachers lead you neither to the path for persons of small capacity who make their goal the mere happiness of cyclic existence, nor to the path for persons of medium capacity who make their goal the mere liberation from cyclic existence for their own sake. Rather, they take some of the paths that are common to these two types of person and make them prerequisites for leading you to the path for persons of great capacity. Thus, they make them components of the training in the path for persons of great capacity. So they're not uh, teaching for the aim of leading persons to uh, uh, the person of great capacity to the goals of higher realm rebirth or the goals of uh, the liberation or nirvana. Therefore, the goal of the great vehicle goal, but these are stages or stair, uh, stairs, if you will, that lead to uh, uh, that uh, um, um, person of great capacity. Uh, so the person of great capacity is uh, being led through these staircases, through these stages, by common practices that are common to the person who has as their main goal just the higher realm rebirth or the person who has their goal as the medium or, or just liberation. So that great, great vehicle practitioner isn't aiming for those goals. He or she is utilizing those practices because they're common to the great vehicle. <laughs> So in uh, Ashvagosha's presentation in the cultivation of the conventional spirit of enlightenment, he first goes over uh, the, uh, um, uh, those pathways which lead to the higher realm rebirths and then goes over the pathways which lead to peace or liberation, uh, and then goes over those pathways which lead to complete Buddhahood. So it's very similar to the presentation that Lord Atisha gives uh, in the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. <laughs> 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 
so here in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment we find a, an explanation uh, and an opening up of these texts like the lamp for the path to enlightenment that would be hard to uncover and or encode them or if you will or understand what's meant by them uh, and texts such as Ashvagosha's text or uh, uh, Baba Vega's text. Uh, so we're able to uh, take these uh, difficult, uh, explain these difficult points. Uh, so we have five minutes or so. If anybody has a question he or she would like to ask, then there's a microphone that's, uh, if you would. That way we get it on tape. Sometimes people have similar questions. ジェブチョンディンガランドジェブチビヨラヨランドシュースタチロメポウキチョンドレンドワロメポウキチョンタチョンディンタラサナサネジェブチェムジュースジェブチョンドトモンラジェレバンディタトモンラジェレバンサ
um, uh, if we look at the different tenets, the, the tenant system of the Madhyamaka, uh, the middle way, there are two categories. There's the uh, uh, Madhyamaka Prasangika and Madhyamaka Svatantrika. So there's the middle way Prasangika, uh, middle way consequence school, uh, and the middle way autonomy school. The middle way autonomy school has two categories. The middle way autonomy school that is this, uh, leaning towards sutra uh, school and the, uh, the yogic uh, middle way autonomy school, uh, which is similar to the mind only school. Uh, Baba Vega was a practitioner of the middle way autonomy sutra school. Um, and if we look at other practitioners and divide them according to their view, um, the Shandarashita was a practitioner of the middle way autonomy yogic school, which is similar to mind only, a, a middle way school leaning towards mind only. Uh, and Chandrakirti was a practitioner of the middle way consequence school, uh, the Madhyamika Prisangika. So again, middle way school, two categories, uh, middle way consequence, middle way autonomy, middle way autonomy, two categories, uh, middle way autonomy is sutra school, and the middle way autonom uh, autonomy uh, yogic school. Um, so uh, again, those other practitioners just mentioned were members, uh, uh, holders of those tenets or those views. Uh, so Baba Vega being a holder of the middle way autonomy sutra school uh, uh, view. Um, uh, and so uh, here, uh, this is uh, um, a, a quote that's going uh, talking about how one takes advantage of life of leisure and opportunity, etc. The middle way autonomy school uh, with the two categories of the sutra leaning towards sutra and the, the yogic leaning towards uh, mind only. Uh, the Baba Vega holding this leaning towards sutra school, uh, there is negation of true establishment of phenomenon but some inherent existence that's still supported. Uh, whereas the middle way consequence school, which is held by Arya Deva and Chandrakirti and other masters, there is a negation of all uh, inherent existence, and it's much. Uh, there's subtle differences between uh, the, uh, these views are subtle and and subtly different. Uh, the autonomy and the uh, consequence uh, views. Uh, so there's uh, subtle differences there. I choose Chutu 
The Buddha stated that uh, uh, the, um, uh, the, the Buddhist doctrine has two specific points that are made. Those that are points of truth, uh, uh, which are the scriptural truth and the realizational truth, and those that are points of tenets. Uh, uh, so uh, the uh, um, uh, Buddhist tenet systems, uh, uh, of the four tenet systems and so forth. So uh, the Buddhist uh, uh, doctrine is made up of truths and tenets, uh, Buddha stated. And in the tenet systems, there are four. There are two tenet systems uh, that are according to the lesser vehicle or Hinayana school. Those two tenet systems are the Vabhashika and the Satrantika or Great Exposition School and the Sutra School. And the other two, uh, which are considered the Great Vehicle Schools, are the Chittamantran School, Mind Only School, and the uh, Madhyamaka School or Middle Way School. Uh, so these are the four tenet systems. So the, the yogic uh, middle way autonomy school practitioners are similar to, uh, it's an autonomy school leaning uh, to similar to the uh, mind only school. And those, uh, there we find practitioners such as Kamala Shila and Chandrashita. Uh, so, uh, uh, practitioners of the Autonomy Sutra School would be Baba Vega and uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember the Sanskrit name, but it was Baba Vega's uh, student. So now we're out of time. Uh, so we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. Thank you everyone for coming. We really appreciate it. We'll do announcements after the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness, all powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Gyatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, 
exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Uh, as most of you know, but might.